Cool, 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 cool. Well, how are you, firstly? Are you well? Good, I'm, especially after last weekend. Yeah, it was a nice win for you guys. Great result. I started to think it wasn't going to happen towards the end, or towards well, the start of the final, more like. Okay. But, um, Why do you say so that? happy that we got a little bit of luck and we got the win, double win, actually. Yeah, the championship and the competition. Yeah, was, we've had a lot of seconds this season. So to get two wins at once was um, was amazing, really. So yeah, doing good right now. Awesome. Um, yeah, like that competition was crazy for you guys and like went all the way down to like the last race. You guys had to basically, whoever won the race was going to win the competition and win the yeah, win we the had, league. We had two points in the first race, two points in the second race. And then we came first and second in the rest of the races. Whereas Berkshire came first and second in like most of the races. And then they had like a one and a two later on. Oh, and so that's the, last why was... race, the last race, we were one point ahead. And Berkshire won that. Of course, they were just going to go flat out. So we had to come second to get a runoff. And thankfully, we got, we got second. So we got the runoff. And then we got a little bit of luck in the runoff. And won. Mm, I think it was Jack that messed it up. Yeah. Shout out to it's Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it, felt bad for you. I felt bad for you, like knowing, and like, I'm sure everyone else that's listened to the podcast, like they like you're known for being the consistent rider. Like you go out, you get the race right. Um, and then the guys, like, because uh, I think uh, someone made a mistake in your team first, and it was double bottle runoff race. It, that was um, so. Dion went out against George. George did it really well, but Dion is obviously one of the best in the world. So, so she came back a bit ahead, but George did really well to not be too far behind. So I went out with a big changeover. I just heard the boys, like, they put a shit ton of pressure on you. They were all like, you got to go, George, go, George. Like, they were all just screaming, like, you just got to go for it. And then uh, I think your bottle on the way back, like, you're, on the way up, you were, you were quick, fast. I think it was your bottle on the way back that went down? Yeah, so... For me, uh, with bottles, I'm better at the changeover. So I did a big changeover, and then my my put on on the way up was good. Obviously, it's not Dion or any rider like that, but it was a good put on. And we were up there with them. And I thought, with Guy going last for us, he's got one of the fastest ponies. We just need to be in the game. So on the way up, I kept how far behind we were, which was quite far, but not too far. And then on the way down, I think I, with my technique, I didn't do it enough. I think I just got scared of missing and I just did a soft put on and it fell mm. on its side. The good thing with that is that it stayed on the bin. Yeah. So it's better than going flat out and, and then having it on the floor. So it stayed on the bin and I corrected it quite fast, but obviously we were way behind at this point. So I came back over the line and I was just cursing myself. And then I heard like the audience say something. So I looked up and then that's when Jack had missed. Yes, so I went from yeah. cursing to celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you guys uh, managed to come back from that. Uh, was was that the only mistake in the race from Jack? Um, yeah. And so yours, we, obviously. Yeah, so what the, each team made a mistake each. But yeah, it would have been tough for me to take because I'd had a clean final and then you get all the way to double bottle, which is not my best race. 
And it's obviously a good race for Berkshire. They won it in the competition. So it would have been really tough to take, but I'm so glad we got a bit of luck. You're, it all played in your favour and you guys won the, the paintballing as well, which is exciting. Yeah, although um, I did promise uh, Mitch he gets one free ass shot if we won. Oh, well, you, you were going to get an ass shot then. <laughs> yeah, that's why I missed the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Playing on my mind. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> how, was the, how was the rest of the competition for you guys? Yeah, we had first session and third session really clean. And then sec- the second session... We all sort of took it turns in terms to make a mistake, so it, it wasn't a good session. Yeah. Um, although actually, we ended up we started to think about what lane we'd be in the final because we've had problems in certain lanes with ponies going around the top because it's so tight. Oh, yeah, if you end up in like flag flyers or something in lane one. Yeah, although I, I don't think I had much. I don't think our bad session really made much difference. Um, and obviously, I never want a bad session anyway. It wasn't that yeah. bad, but we all sort of made like a big error. Like I messed up tack box. Um, I'm, I dropped this, I let go of my pony, grabbed him and then dropped the sock. And then mm. I vaulted on, but went past the bin. So that was a big, um, big mess from me. But um, but yeah, the, it was a great competition and we got the win in the end. So I was delighted in the end. What more could you possibly want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, knockout individuals? Yeah, so I was two times champion going into it. So obviously I was desperate to win the team competition and the league, but I love the knockout individuals as well. So so I was I was there to win the teams, of course, and then the, the individuals is just like, you just go for it in the evening. So... I was I was really up for it and I had a good well I missed missed my flag put in in the first race you and me both and then you yeah, corrected I, I came second because I corrected it well but yeah twice twice this season I've missed that flag put in and my pony's big bushy tail was knocked it over and I've come down the arena and not realized so this time I did the same thing I missed the flag put in I stopped to put it in and I just pulled away from it steadily to not let his tail hit it. Um, and I got second, which was obviously lucky. Shouldn't really be getting second if you miss a, a put-in. I know, I was and pretty angry with myself for, for firstly just for missing it in the first place because I was like, I could have literally taken, even taking the pace off and flag flies for a top put-on, like, that's not going to help you. Like Your line yeah. is just not right. You were, you were just shit at that split second where you needed to be on point, you know? So it's just, it is what it is. And then your correction was flipping quick. My pony goes around that top turn and he knows his job's to go back home. So uh, I was a split second behind you when it came to the correction. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I got the, the best control out of any rider out there. So, oh, and then the, the, next, that. the next two races, I just did the race and got easy. I can't remember if I was first or second in them. I, I'm sure I won at least one. Yeah. And oh yeah, I won... I won both, I think, the next two. Two flag I actually did fast. And then tack box, I just did steady because other people had made mistakes. Oh, but you we, came back had, with me, didn't you? 
I had the messiest tack box ever. Yeah. Like, so vaulting's not been great for me and my pony at the moment. Well, not at the moment. It's going it's going the best it's ever gone at the moment, which is great. Um but like at this competition was the first time since I've owned him where I could get off and he didn't cut me off straight away. So like he's like he's always been quite scared of the vault and like I feel now he's actually like trusting me a bit, which is quite nice. Um so my vaults have been okay. Um but like I've I wouldn't say I'm very good at vaulting in the first place, but like I'm not very well practiced with him since I've been on him and like we've it's been quite dodgy. Yeah. Um so both of my vaults we got up and like luckily I was in lane one and we like went across into the like towards the fence, which wasn't a problem. Went around, I was like, okay, cool, I'm still in this. Go for the second vault. Um I thought it was pretty much you were probably just in front of me. And then my second vault was a little bit better than my first. Uh but he was flying by that point and I was like uh, I tried to do like a check to see if, I, and then I was just going to go for it, but it was, there was no chance I was going to pick it up. So I did a little circle, gave you the first. I got a second place in flipping toolbox. I was like, "This, I'll take that. That's good." Because I like before the before the competition, I'd like sort of worked out what races I can win, which races I can't. So I'd get, I'd given myself a one point for toolbox. I was I knew I was going to lose that one. Um, I think flag. Two flag, I was confident. I think I gave myself a second. Flag flyers, I gave myself a third, which I ended up getting anyway. But if I hadn't messed up, I could have come second, which is annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, your, your cone, what did your cone do? Yeah, I th- we, we definitely need to talk about that. Um, no, I'm not even and, sure. Everyone was like shouting that I didn't know what had happened. Me and Tracy Cooksley have a bit of a an argument to have. I'm joking. We had, a, we had a bit of an argument and then she just basically ignored me. She never, she didn't prove me wrong at all. Um, but they wouldn't give me the points. Uh, so basically in two flag on the way up did like cracking in two flag. Uh, I'm quite confident with my two flag a nice top turn. I like making up some ground along the top and then my put it on the way home. I was just like, Hey, let's just go for it. Got it in lovely pick up on the way home. I always used to pick it up with an open hand, like this way. Okay. Like from underneath the flag. Uh, I don't know why, but that was the way I think uh, Colin Carson or or was it Jeff Dunn? I don't know. Someone back in South Africa, when they came and gave a, a rally, that's how we were taught to pick up flags. Cool. Okay. And then now since I'm here in the UK, everyone picks up their flags like that way. Where they yeah. want to pick up flags for everyone that can't see me. Um, and I've only recently started doing it that way. And it does bother me slightly with my flag pickups because I always rock the cone. I don't think I've pulled, I think I pulled it over once. Um, but I'm still practicing that. I don't really understand what the right, the correct way of doing it. I was coming down first, like my first put in was great. Picked it up. I, I think I, I'd done too much of a check for my first one. So on the second put in, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for it. Did, got it in. It was fine. Then I picked up my flag. It was the way, like my new, the new way, the way that everyone yeah. picks up their flags. Um, but I think I was too close to the cone. So when I picked it up, I had my hand on the top of the flag, obviously. And then my foot like came past the cone and t- like hit the flag while it was still in the cone. Oh my God. So like the cone and my foot basically kicked the flag, which flipped the cone and you must see the video, bro. It's so cool. The flag, the, 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 the cone does a full front flip, bro, like all the way around and lands back perfectly like upright. Now, obviously it's done like a roll. So it's, it's no longer where it was, 
So if there was a mark, it wouldn't have been on the mark. But but there wasn't a mark. There wasn't a mark. And if you look at the struck rule book, it says that it needs to be on the mark. So you were wrongly eliminated. I uh, that's what I was arguing. So I go over. I use my. I, I go and I do use do an ob- objection. And Chasey's like, oh no! I was like, sorry. Like, what was the results of that race? And they were like, no, you were eliminated. So I was like. Like, please, can I like, can I use an objection? Like, that, that can't be right because there was no. Like, how was I supposed to know where to put my my coin back? Because there was no mark. And um, Tracy was like, "Oh, like, have you read your rule book?" And I was like, "Yes, I have. Have, have you read yours?" <laughs> and she, she didn't like that very much. But like, you know, a little tongue in cheek and a bit of smile, give you a little smile, and you get away with anything. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, yeah, so then they said that they were going to check with uh, Rory and get like get back to me, and they never did. And then I was out. <laughs> so that was a bit sad. So that cost you, did it? That definitely cost me. And then, and if I had got that, there wouldn't have been as much pressure on my double bottle. Yeah, of which which to be fair, I'm usually very good at, and had given myself the win on that. And I was going to come over the line bloody first. I was coming over that line first. I had my bottle on in my in my mind it was on. And I picked up my second bottle. And then I looked back again and it was no longer up because everyone was telling me that I need to go back. I was like, ah oh, ha ha. Was it on the bin, just on its side? Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. So like I don't know. And when it, when I looked back, so I put it on and obviously you watch it to make sure it's up. And in my mind it was on. Like I thought it was like it was still up. It obviously done like a little roll around and flipped itself over along the way kind of thing. So that was annoying. <laughs> but yeah, so literally uh, I had one in, if I hadn't messed up, I mean, everyone can say this about a million races, but if my bottle had stayed up, that would have been a win, which would have been fantastic. And if my two flag, like the most fluke weird thing to happen, like your foot <laughs> kicking the flag, doing a front flip and landing not on the mark that wasn't there, I don't know. I thought I thought I should have made it. And my and my litter lifters is pretty good. So you never know what could have happened, guys. <laughs> I, you don't want to go up against Sadie Lot though. <laughs> no, no, no. And like uh, Apollo, he, I'll, I mean, I'm very arrogant about how fast my pony is, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, but he's definitely not very efficient with the turns on the way back up. Um, with time, I think he'll learn. I think like next year he'll be he'll be good for that sort of thing. Um, we'll keep working on it, uh, but he definitely wouldn't keep up with any of the top ponies for like individuals having to turn back up. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I definitely I'm not saying I would have won the competition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a good competition, isn't it? It's just a bit painful being chucked out straight away. Yeah, yeah, but like it's all part of the like I was I was speaking to my mum about it and. Like before I went in and I was like, she was like, no, just like go, let's ride safely. I was like, mom, this is not one of those competitions. Like you come here yeah. and everyone's going flat out and like, it's bad. You're just like, you're demonstrating your best. Like you, even if it's beyond what you can comfortably do, like you, it's a, it's like a spectator sport. Like you want to go and you want to like show, put on a show for everyone kind of thing, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's a cleverest competition format ever thought of for sure. I love it. So good. <laughs> and then I was even like, I got knocked out and I was like, you know what? That's cool. I watched a couple of sessions, made sure that Tom was through. 
Um, and then there was one more race to go. I think it was Flag Flyers. I was like, okay. The whistle, blink, well, the whistle went. I was like, okay, cool. I ran my pony back after like walked him around in the arena a couple of times. Uh, managed to get away. I just missed one race. And then I was back with the Corona. You know, got got on the beer and it was a big night. So it was, it was great fun. Yeah, it was. Shout out to Sadie for winning that one. That was incredible. Yeah. Knocked yeah, all the boys did. out, her and Katie Dawson Spencer. Yeah, she's the second time she's won it as well. So me and her have got two each. Uh, is there a record for that? Is is two the record? Or does anyone have more? Uh, yeah, two's a record because it's only, I think there's only been five. So okay. Danny Spencer was the first, then Sadie, then me, then me, then Sadie. Very cool. And that, that was very close for Katie for Katie to win it as well. Because that also went down to like, obviously the last race. Like, Yeah, Kate, Katie, she doesn't do it half-hearted, does she? So she was out there, she was really going for it. So it was obviously very difficult for Sadie as well, but then her um, pyramid box came off the bin. Yeah. Sadie had uh, heaps of time. But yeah, Katie's definitely a, a rider that can win that competition. For sure. Just interesting how the, the, the girls had knocked all the, all the boys out. Loved it. Yeah. There was some speed races. Um, For sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think Sadie's pony might be one of the fastest. I haven't seen any of the French ponies. Like, I want to see, like, apparently Colin Verdeland's pony is ridiculously quick. Yeah, I, I would say Sadie could beat him, in a, especially with, like, turns, turning back up the arenas, which is basically every fast individual race, isn't it? So, yeah, Sadie's definitely one of the fastest. And Mitch? Mitch's pony? Mitch, Mitch is faster than just about everyone. So. I I think he he beats Sadie in the fast races. Yo. <laughs> I think on the last podcast when I was talking about fast ponies and we brought up like Mitch and we were talking about doing a three three mug or something. Uh I, I got a I, as soon as Mitch had listened to the podcast, he said like he sent me a a Facebook message with a video of him at I think it was like Worlds or Europeans or something. And her, like him beating all those people that we were talking about at Three Mug, I was just like, "Oh, he's obviously listened to the podcast. He's here to prove a point." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mitch did an amazing um, free mug in the twenty nineteen World Individuals. Is that what you mean? I'm pretty sure that must have been what it is. Yeah, because I, I didn't think he would win because he was riding Ellie, who's who's won the competition before, but isn't as fast because people on faster pony these these days. Um, yeah, and I was there watching because I, I was in the semis, but I was uh, I just missed out on the final. But I stayed for the final to watch, and I didn't think Mitch would win that race, but he did inside turns, and it was one of the best free mugs I've ever seen. To be fair, yeah, I'm very excited to see some international competitions. Like I've only ever been to like Worlds, which are like it's really good. Uh, but I, I think most of them I was like so young and wasn't terribly interested in the sport. To be honest, like. I guess I was, but like I wasn't as invested as I am now. Or like, like now this is like my life. I play, play games every weekend. All my money goes to horses. It's just like everything's horses at the moment, which is really cool. And like the podcast is like something I enjoy doing. It's games. Like I'm just learning so much. It's really cool. Which is why we have you on. We, you're very yeah. quiet. And I think most people don't really know you. I definitely didn't. I think I spoke to you for the first time like three weeks ago. 
and then chatted to you a bit like the weekend after and then this is dive straight into the Facebook banter. I was like, I wonder how he's going to take it. And uh, I saw you like last weekend and you're like, oh, I loved that. Loved it. I, was like, I, I left it for an hour because I thought I'll just let my ride into the talking. And then I had a meeting at work and I was in the meeting and I was just thinking, I can't let this slide. <laughs> so I came out of the meeting. I was like, no way. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty funny to be there. Yeah, your comment was good. Yeah, good, good banter. Yeah, so I think since we're talking about about the Greg James, you can maybe tell us about about you. Who are you? Who even are you? <laughs> I'm just someone who um, rides ponies and has done games since the very early noughties. So I started riding when I was two. How old are you? I'm I'm 24. Okay. So, so I was two. For a long time. I was two yeah. in 1999. So that means I've been riding since the 90s, I guess. Wow. But I started games when I was six, yeah. and I was very lucky where I lived because we live next to some like really good games trainers, like with kids. So. The first trainer I had was um, Richard Edwards, who's Alex Edwards' dad, but he passed away a long time ago now. Okay, I think I have heard some good things about that, actually. So it's obviously about like I was, I was six, seven, eight, whatever. So I was very young, but I do remember it quite well, considering I was that age, because we were at his, at his uh, training field like every week, it seemed. And I remember really looking forward to it. And there would be a bunch of us. I was probably the youngest. Um, and we would just go up and down, do loads of races. And he would tell us like where we're going wrong. And then okay. we'd do it again. And it was like being a professional athlete, athlete, except we were little kids. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, and I can even remember coming home one day and my mum explaining that Richard has told us about something called MGA. Because, of course, that was with the Pony Club. That was po- that was pony club games we were doing. Okay, but, but Richard had told us about MGA. I can still remember being told what it was, and I think I can remember my first ever race in practice because I was on lead rein on a grey pony called Lancelot, and my mum was leading me, and I remember telling her, "Don't canter," and <laughs> she just said yes, and we were doing the race, and then we started cantering, and I was really scared, but then. We came over the line. I was really happy then. So I'm glad we canted. Yeah. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you've been running since you were like two years old. You did games. Then you started MGA. Do you know what year that was? Um, my first ever MGA. I haven't checked this, but I'm guessing it was the end of t- 2004. Because 2005, I had a team. But that competition, that one-off competition I did was with Royal Berkshire. I have no idea who I rode with. They probably all quit back then. Probably have no idea who they are. I can't remember. And I remember we barely had any kit and I didn't even have a saddle cloth. So I had to put a saddle on my pony without a saddle cloth. (laughs) And it was all really scary. But um, I don't remember how I did. Probably very bad because I was in the... I was a little kid 
in an arena and I didn't know who anyone was and it was all scary. Yeah. But um, it didn't put me off anyway. And then my first team, I rode for Gloucestershire in 2005. Okay. Um, and we had we had hat silks on our kit and they had like eyes on the hat silks and like a big pom-pom on top. <laughs> so obviously we were, we were just little kids, but, and in that team was a girl called Sammy and she rode a pony called Chaz and that pony was mentioned on the Ben Hopkins podcast. Yes, yes. So that was his future pony then. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because talking about, you had mentioned Royal Blackshire and our friend Ruri Capel is just, joined us on the podcast so we can hop him on and then we can continue talking about that hello rory how are we doing guys hi there hi greg hi there so uh, hey so congratulations again on the weekend to greg for the win thank you good competition and i hope you haven't had a too awful day today it's just been a, a been a long day. <laughs> it's been a very long, uh, stressful day. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get we'll get onto Rory's stressful day in a second. Sure. Um, but Greg was just telling us like, well, he's basically just started telling us about who he is and how he got into games. Cool. Um, and he'd mentioned that he'd ridden for Royal Berkshire. Like, was that your first competition? Yeah. So I, I thought I'd drop in a little fun fact as Rory was coming on. My yeah. first ever appearance was for Royal Berkshire. Oh wow! And I think I haven't checked this. I think it was the end of two thousand and four. Wow! How about that? <laughs> um, and I don't remember who I rode with, but yeah. um, I don't think I did very well, and I don't think I had a good time just because I they, <laughs> the other kids were probably older than me, and it was just sort of like a random guest ride. Um, but we How were introduced by um, Alex Edwards' dad, Richard. Yeah, and he was he was rural Berkshire. So I guess that's why that came that about. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I never knew that, Greg. That's a fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> I had that lined up. Oh wow! And then you were talking about Chaz and a Sammy. Did you say it was Sammy? Yeah, Sammy Hardy rode a little pony called Chaz, and that was mentioned by Ben on his podcast because that was his first pony. Was that on the same team? So, so that was in Gloucestershire, my first proper team. Okay. So I was in that team for, I think, the whole 2005 season. And we were, like, winning C finals, which is quite good for eight-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. imagine there were quite a few, like, heats back then or, like, loads of teams competing. Yeah. So I, I remember we had a really good time. Um, but one, one competition, the one I can remember, really, was um, at Bill Wells, where they do the Rural Wells show. But we weren't in that big arena. We were just in like the um, just like the field to the side, and we were in the C final and hoping to win it. And me and my brother were riding our bikes around, and he went down a steep hill, and I went down a the the same hill but down it diagonally. Very oh, bad no. idea. I broke my arm, and I can remember really well crying as I was being taken to hospital and my dad saying like is it hurting Shit. and I was like no it's because I broke my arm and I'm missing the c-final <laughs> yeah. I know that pain I know that pain I, I, I think I cried once or twice um in the hospital and both times were because I was 
missing riding, not the pain. Like the pain never made me cry. I, I had massive breakdown when I did my ankle in the hospital. And uh, I was like, do you need some medication? Are you in pain? And I was like, no, I'm going to miss the bloody world championships. Good, <laughs> 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 I melt down about it. But yeah, that's, just, least, that, that's where the priority's at for us lot. At least you hurt yourself riding rather than being an idiot on yeah. a bike. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So where to next? So you rode for so, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire, how long was that for? That was just one season. Um, and then the 2006 season, I joined Joe Morris in Dorset Red. And 2006 was the last uh, season where you had to qualify for inter-counties. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I can't remember if I actually rode... A- inter-counties in those years or not because I don't know if we did or not but I'd have been about 10 but yeah carry on yeah so I helped my team qualify I was riding a little grey pony called Spartan and I really struggled to vault him and so inter-counties was in front of the public at the town and country show or something like that at Stoneley and I was dropped out the team for inter-counties which is a bit brutal but I don't I remember being sad, but I just remember saying, well, I've got to start vaulting then, haven't I? Um, and I went anyway because my brother was riding. Um, so I just watched everyone else. And I think the 2006 season was all right. I don't remember too much about it, but that's my one big memory was that um, that I didn't get to do in scouties, but um, it just made me a better rider, I think. Wow, that's hectic. I must say that is that is the attitude that makes people good. You know, I think I, I said this in the very first podcast about being left out all those England teams all those years, but it only, it only made me better because I was determined to prove those selectors wrong, kind of thing. And I think if you're a proper sportsman, like you said, Greg, it made you want to be better. So that's an interesting one. That yeah, you do hear riders, don't you, saying, "I was out of three races that session. I'm really angry." Yeah. But that's that's not the way to go about it if you want to be a good rider. Exactly. I mean, last weekend we won and I did every single race all weekend. And that's not because I've been left out of races and I've had a strop about it. It's just because I've done my best and that's that's how it happened. I ended up being in every race, which is cool. So mm. it's it's teamwork at the end of the day, isn't it? So 100%. even in 2006, I remember being upset that I didn't, I've got nothing against Joe for dropping me out of the team, but I actually respect his decision because I, I couldn't get my vault on that pony at that time. And then I think I did get my vault then. Yeah. I feel like, like, <laughs> like I'd, have, I'd have been dropped out of inter-counties for my vaulting. <laughs> but my, my team do need me for when I'm, when I'm not vaulting, which is, I'm just lucky, I guess. Um, luckily, the answer, I guess, uh, I don't know. I think because Holly Holly stirs up, and her stirrup upping has been much better than than my vaulting, or much safer than my vaulting. Because uh, when my vaulting goes right, sure it's quick, but it, it doesn't, or it didn't often go right. And this last weekend was the first time it's ever gone right consistently, so I was quite happy about that. But I, I do I do feel that pressure, like you say, where you need to like get things sorted, and like there's been times where I'd go to the to the stables and just do vaulting only. But then my pony ends up like wanting to kick me and stuff. So he just he doesn't really like it. I think he gets a bit nervous. 
but he's like the most, he's feeling the most relaxed he's ever felt, which is really, really nice. Yeah, I don't like vaulting in practice because uh, of my knee injury. Um, I, we'll get onto that later when we get there in the timeline, I guess. But um, but yeah, I, I pretty much never vault at home. And also all my ponies shoot off diagonally at home. Mm, so, fair enough. It, uh, how big is your arena at home? I don't have one. I've just got a field. That's also fine, but do you have loads of space? Yeah, I've got fields to choose from. They're sort of hills, so you have to get the right place. And then you chew it up and then it gets to the summer and it's all hard and it's just like hard holes. So it is difficult. I kind of wish I had a sand arena, but I mean, I'm grateful for what I've got. So it is what it is. Um, So yeah, I'd I'd vault in a a sand arena with fences, but in open fields, I, I just can't do it. Sometimes I do the race but without the vault, I like go to vault and then I just stop because I don't want to injure myself. Yeah. Yo. Okay. Hectic. Like we we have like a, I guess a dressage arena, which we managed to play most of our games in like, but there's no space for like change, like changeovers or what do you gonna handovers and things. Uh, but like, I feel like the vaulting is it's never the same as when you had a competition. Like when they have that much space, like like when you had a comp, like it's you can't prepare for that at home. <clears throat> Dropped out again. That's all right. I've heard you all along. But yeah, no, you are right. Like there's certain things you can practice in a small space. Like Greg said, you can you know things like for example, like an individual tire, you could ride up, jump off, practice your tire, get through, and then the rest is just going to happen anyway. So you can kind of practice most of that race kind of thing. But yeah, it's you're you're very very lucky if you've got an arena big enough where you can really practice proper vaulting at home. Um, I don't think you know very few people have that, but you know you generally have to go and book something somewhere else to get to to have that luxury kind of thing. Yeah, we usually like go and rent this little place down the road, and like when when we were trying hard and I was struggling with Apollo, we'd go like. I think we booked it like twice a week at one point mm. to try and get things going. But like at the moment, the le- the less I do, the better he goes, which is really nice. <laughs> I think he might, he might've just been getting a bit sour from doing too much over the winter. Mm. They do. They do. I mean, we have, um, Pluto, for example, um, he loves everything. Like he's, like, he's just a busy body. He wants to be doing stuff all the time. So we don't just limit him to games. There's a, there's a few um, older ladies that love riding him and they take him like doing cross country and stuff as well. We're like, go for it. Like it keeps him busy. And I think it's good to keep horses doing as much of different things as you can as well at points. Cause otherwise like, like you say, they can go a little bit sour, whether that's like someone starts a nap or whatever, or whether it's just not liking doing certain races and things like that. But um, yeah, gotta remember the emotions of horses as well as, the, you know, them being, you know, they're not machines. <laughs> yeah. True. I've got to shoot off in a couple of minutes, boys. Um, so I'll leave you to carry on the stories. Um, okay. So uh, if there's anything you want me to say about the weekend has gone, about you know some brilliant wins and stuff like that, it was in terms of competition. It was it was a fairy tale written competition. Really, it had to it had to end the way it did between Royal Barker and South Shropshire. Um, it was a, yeah, it was yeah. Obviously, I was enjoying commentating it. It was like. When I saw obviously Rob Archer winning the flag race in South Shropshire second, and Guy was going last in flag, and after all the conversations about that, I was like, honestly, I'm you know, I'm, I was quite, I think I thought I was quite a very good neutral commentator in that, and I was very like, you know, 
giving everyone, you know, a good cheer on. But obviously, as a Barkley man at heart, I was like, God, guy's going to miss, guy's going to miss. And he didn't miss. I was like, the one time he doesn't miss. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, so uh, that was, but it was, it was, it was perfect. Like, you know, like you say, Royal Barkley South Shropshire have been eight years now at the top of these A finals. They're the only two teams that have carried on through all those years. And so to have them, you know, fight out is all weather league. Um, the whole way and then for it to come down to a runoff I think it was the kind of fairy tale ending to it uh, and I said to all the South Shropshire they have to carry on for another two more years so we can do 10 years of the Royal Berkshire South Shropshire rivalry before we give up that's what we have to do Yeah I think we'll we'll go down in history now because good teams have come and gone but I think maybe we will be the two teams that have because actually the years have gone by now yeah. I wish I was in South Shropshire a bit longer, but um, it's good to be part of the story. Yeah. Because when you're little, the teams you look at, like Shropshire and Monmouth and all them, they feel like they're around forever. But if you look back, it's only like three, four, five years yeah. at the most. Exactly. Exactly. It's quite unusual to, you know, there's there's been big teams that have popped up. Like there was a year where Monmouth were good. There was the Leicester teams that came up. Uh, and you know there was you know one into counties, but it's always been Royal Berkshire and Southshire. South Shropshire are there at the sort of top there and thereabouts. If they weren't winning, they're always kind of second or third kind of things. They've always been there. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a very much a fairy tale ending to it at the weekend for sure. Yeah. And then Rue, if you want to talk about coronavirus, oh Christ, yeah. So think, so you've had a bit of a stressful day today, I believe. This is. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this is the most stressful day in my professional career as a working adult, uh, for sure. Um, it's one of those things, and I, I was thinking about it, um, we all can prepare as much as we can, like we have. We've had all these track and trace, both us, you know, the Manscaped Games Association, um, Pony Club, everyone's been doing the track and trace, and no one's really had to do much with it. Um And then it happens, it's a bit like, you know, I mean, it's nowhere near the same, but like, you know how, like, army men will train for war and then suddenly shit there's war like fuck <laughs> you know it's sort of like right okay we trained for this but what do we actually do so it's been a bit of a manic palaver sourcing it all uh, I, i'm quite confident we've done everything correctly um and i, I would just like, say to encourage anyone whether you're with us at the weekend or not with uh with with struck before you go to any competition now uh do a test because we can, we can all get tests so super easily those quick tests. So I would say, just anyone going anywhere, there's no harm in doing it. You just stick a thing down your throat for a few few seconds, and up your nose for a few seconds. Then in half an hour, you got a result. So I would just stress that to anyone going to Manchester Games, just just to do do one of those. You know, it's it's not a big deal, but it might save the sport from getting shows cancelled or teams having to put out. So that's what I'd just like to say to everyone whilst I'm here on the podcast: is get yourself tested wherever you've been, whether you've been at Struck at the weekend, whether you've been at other events where you've been just at home, even then you don't know, you could get it from the supermarket. There's so many cases around at the moment. Anyone can get it from anywhere. Um, you know, so I'll just say everyone get tested. Thanks, Rory. <laughs> well, I'll leave you two to it now. So enjoy the podcast. I, I enjoyed our little chat we had, had then. Greg, I'll hopefully see you soon. Hopefully see you both at Welsh Champs. Yeah, see you then. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. Okay, I love that little Rory popped in in the spare time that he had to give us a little update. Yeah, it's good. But we can we can crack on with our timeline now. Everyone that's listening is going to be like, "Wow, this is going. <laughs> this is a, a messy one." We're only we're only at two thousand and seven now. 
got a long way to go. It's fine. People will be driving to what we're going to put it out this weekend. Don't know. People are driving to Southerns. Yeah. It's supposed to be this weekend. Have some time to listen to us talk about rubbish. <laughs> talk about ponies. My my game's career is rubbish. Uh, I mean, I didn't say that uh, intentionally. <laughs> so um, I also need to give a, a shout out to Richard Lumby. Um, so he was just like Richard Edwards. He was a Berkshire trainer um, before like Rory and everyone took over. And he trained me as a kid. And again, it was like professional, like um, it, you felt like a professional, even though you're just like younger than 10 years old. And But he was also really nice. Yeah. So um, a lot of just stuff that I know subconsciously is down to him. And I've only really realized that when I've got, got older and, um, and I've got even more competitive than I was back then. Yeah, I guess like whatever you learn at like at such a young age, it becomes like muscle memory. Yeah, and then everything's like built from that foundation. For sure. So, 2007, I left Dorset Red and joined my brother's team, Cheshire. Okay. And in that team, as we mentioned, Chaz before, I'll mention another pony that Ben mentioned. There was a pony called Champ. Cool. So I just thought I'd give that one a shout out as well. Um, it's a fast bay pony, and we we um, we came, we were the third best team that season. And I think Guy and Mitch were winning or coming second that season in another team, and we yeah. were the third best team. But we we did win. I bought a little twelve three chestnut called Dipsy that season, and I won my first competition on him. And we also won a blue chip league. Um, they stopped that soon after, but they used to do the blue chip league back then. So we got a couple wins. Okay. Um, so yeah, we had a consistent team and it was a decent year. Cool, 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 cool. What next? When, when did we start riding I guess competitively like you are now or do we have some saucy saucy stories from before then well I would say I was competitive then even though I was just a little kid um sort of doing as I was told but um but yeah I was I remember being as a team we were really trying to win and everything as you should yeah. Cool. Um, uh, you 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 got stuck there, but say that again. Yeah, so as, a, uh, as a kid, you were really keen on winning everything. Yeah, I I guess I was just taught that from like the two Richards, the trainers, like our pony club team, the teams I was in. We yeah. weren't always good because obviously I'm I'm still at what we've got to. I'm still a little kid, so I'm not even twelve, and I'm in the under twelve, so it's difficult. But um, yeah, we just went to each weekend and tried to win. We'll do as well as we could. Cool, cool, cool. And then 2008, um, my teammates were all too old, so I had to find new teammates. And that was, um, there was this um, short, chubby kid called George in my team that season. And I've, I don't know where he is these days, 
but that was his his um, debut season in MGA in 2008. Okay. Uh, Do you by any chance just, know this George's surname? I think his surname's Betts. Okay, I, I haven't heard of him actually. No, I don't. I don't know where he ended up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, we didn't have a great team. I remember not really enjoying the season. Um, but I'm sure we had some good times. But then 2009 season was when I had my first taste at like serious success because I went back to Dorset Red with Joe Morris and we we had an unbeaten season, so we won everything. Oh, wow. um, and then I got in my first England team as well. Okay, how old were you then? 12. Okay, cool, cool. Yo. So for the England team, we went all the way to Marseille. Um, and yeah, we won that, I think, quite easily by a lot of points. I would say to this day, it was one of the best Europeans ever. It wasn't even European individuals back then. It was 2010, the individuals started, but it was an amazing atmosphere. So I guess that season was when I realised how good games could be. Yeah. Because I, I didn't ever think I'd be riding for my country or anything. When it, so, and that first happened when you were t- under 12s? Yeah. So my when I was 11, I, I put my name down for England, didn't get in. I didn't really know what it was all about anyway. But when I was 12, I'd learned what it was about and I put my name down, got in, won Europeans. So by this point, I knew that like forever I just wanted to, to keep Be doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So was that so that was your under 12s career? Then what, what, what happens after under 12s, under 15s? No, there was we went straight into under 17s. Okay. Yeah, so Times were very different back then. I was even able to make the under-17 World Pairs final as a 13-year-old. Wow. Yeah, it sounds crazy now. I, th- I think I did um, nine years of World Pairs finals in a row. 2007 to 2015. So how many years is that? So yeah, and then, and then 2016. I I couldn't go because it was in Denmark. Okay. But yeah, so it sounds crazy seeing a 13-year-old as in the under-17 final. Yeah, that it, is wasn't, wild. it wasn't as it wasn't as crazy back then, although it was a good achievement. Yeah. But I still I think in 2010 I still didn't really have well, because I'd because I'd moved out of under 12s, that team had split up for whatever reason. I think I ended up riding with my pony club team. So we weren't like doing well. So it wasn't 2010 wasn't really a good season. Um, but I got in the England team and won that, won Europeans, and then um, and then at the end of the season, um, we were riding at Welsh Champs, and Cara Tucker was one of the riders for Bedfordshire Under 17s. Okay. And she approached me and my brother and said, do you want to, and Rob, wait, she told us, she told Rob Taylor about us and Rob wanted us. So basically we, Rob scouted us for Bedfordshire under 17s. Oh, cool. So for then, for then on, um, from 
2011 to 2014, I rode with Rob uh, in Bedfordshire under 17s. What can you tell us about Rob? Like, uh, I don't think I'd recognised him or known who he was until this year. Um, I think it was probably training you or training someone. Um, and I've, so I've heard great things and that he's like obviously a very good trainer and he's been like flown out across the world to stay in hotels and train people for competitions and things like he's quite successful with what he does. Just, yeah. Rob, Rob was um, pre COVID Rob was flying everywhere and training um, all over Europe. Um, sadly, obviously he's not been able to do it as much or nowhere near as much, but yeah, Rob's, Rob's a really great guy and a really seriously good trainer. Um, I don't think people realise it until um, until they've been trained by him, really. What can um, you tell us about being trained by Rob or like trainers in general and then how that compares to Rob? Like what? He seems very calm. He just stands there quietly. Uh, he doesn't say anything to you while you're riding by the looks of things. He doesn't tell you when you, need, when you have time. He doesn't doesn't look it doesn't appear to be doing any of that he, he does he does to be fair but um i must say i often don't hear and then he says i i i did shout time whatever and i was like oh did you i didn't hear you but um but yeah rob's training style is not so much shouting time shouting go any of that he doesn't really follow the points that much he does but it, i think his points following is more estimates like um you know, just you'll do all right with a third in this one to win or whatever. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, keep refreshing MG scoreboard constantly trying to do all the maths. He keeps it simple. Um, but the best thing about Rob is actually how to put a flag in a cone, how to do the equipment and, and actually doing the race well, rather than being in the arena. You know, I think some people overthink it. They they think they need the best start. They need to do the best, whatever. They need to get in the heads of other riders. But he just focuses on the race. Yeah, me, me, or whoever he's training, doing the race well. Okay. Well, that's cool. And then I guess, like, I, I always just assume that he's spoken to you about the race, like maybe while the race is being set up, and then he leaves you to it. Like, yeah, doesn't he, bother you whilst you're out there, you know. Yeah, and especially now because he's trained me for 10 years, he knows, he kind of knows that I know what I'm doing. So, he, so he'll say, you are doing it like this, aren't you? Just remind me. And I'll yeah. be like, yeah, I'm, I'm still doing it that way. So you just make sure that I'm, I remember because I'm not too bad at this, but some riders might just do a race. They just do the race. They don't go, right, I'm going to do it at that speed I'm going to do this technique they just do the race so Rob just is there for he just reminds me you still do it like this don't you or um, you know d don't change how you do it unless I've got a good reason to sure okay well that's interesting because like I like I, I enjoy being trained by Bella I enjoy being trained by anyone like anything that you can learn off anyone is obviously great um, so I was just always curious as to like, cause I know, I think, well, I, I know people obviously pay him to train people. Um, and I was always just like curious as to like, sort of what value he provides, but obviously it, you can, you can see by the results that he brings. Like, he's obviously doing well for you and well for others as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've made semifinals by one, two, three points 
And then you go home and you think, if he hadn't reminded me how to put a flag in a cone, I wouldn't have made the semis. So every time he trains me, I, I know that it was worth it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. Okay, well, that's interesting. I'm glad I got to ask you about that. Where are we next? So my first season with Bedfordshire in 2011, I started out with, as a reserve rider. So I was 14 in the under-17 team. So I was just a reserve rider. But um, as this is a continued pattern from now on, the people I rode with, it was a different team pretty much every single week. Yeah, yeah. when I spoke to you, you seem to say that like you've had like, I guess, missed opportunities due to like not being able to find like yeah. consistent team, right? Like teammates and things. So at this point, I don't know how we did it, but we just kept winning. But each week there was bit there would be issues. So someone's pony's gone lame. Someone's just decided they don't enjoy it anymore. Someone's on holiday. So on, so on. And I don't know how Rob did it, but he would just um he would just be like, don't worry, next week we've got this person. And I probably haven't even heard of them. So, for example, in 2011, he told me um, Ellie Turner's riding with us in a couple of weeks. And that, this is the first time I met who's, I met her. Same with like Kate O'Connor um, and a number of others. I, I, I rode, so it wasn't a team. There was probably like 15 of us at least, plus guest riders as well. So, yeah. Um, I didn't enjoy the fact that the team had to just change every week because it, it genuinely changed every week, but we, we just kept winning. And as a 14-year-old riding a 12-3 in the under-17s, I wasn't complaining. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But the only issue that season was because I was the reserve rider, I didn't transfer to Bedfordshire, so I couldn't ride with them at Intercounties. Ah, uh, okay. And they won the competition and I was watching on the sidelines. So I would I would have been in the team, but I had to yeah. be replaced because you can't guess ride. So I was really gutted. And in 2012, same thing, different team every week. Just prob people giving Rob problems and then Rob somehow um finding new people that I hadn't even heard of sometimes. Um yeah. And then we got to Intercounties and that season we were we were going to walk the final. Um, it was so easy for us. Yeah. Um, but, but before the final, we got disqualified because a teammate had an illegal bit. <sighs> and it's you're just there like, why? <laughs> like, I don't what? know. What? Were you guys aware of this when it was happening? I... I certainly was, and it's just so, Rob or someone said, "Guys, we've been disqualified." So as a fifteen-year-old that loves winning and wants to win into counties, I was just like devastated. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those where you think, "Why do these things happen to me?" Um, you know, it wasn't my pony's bit, but um, yeah, I don't know what bit it was. I, I, I don't think I ever even bothered knowing any details I prefer not to think about it yeah. but we had a decent season it wasn't quite as good as 2011 but Intercounties title evaded me again so but you know like you can't go you can't go back in time can you so uh, so yeah. Yorkshire Yorkshire won Intercounties that year 
Okay. Have you? How many times have you won into counties? I'm, I feel like that's the correct way of phrasing the question to you. Uh, just three, sadly, and they just were young, young, younger age groups, under twelves. So that brilliant team in 2009 where we won everything. Yeah. And then the next two years we can talk about 2013 and 2014. I won it both years there. So my last okay. two years of under 17s. And was that still with like mixed match teams and things? Yeah, it was the same thing. We had Irish riders. I've got to mention that. Each year we had one or two Irish riders. So that was that was the main reason why the team was different because all they did was spring champs Welsh champs and inter-counties. So already at all the other competitions, we're looking for riders. So that's another massive reason why we didn't have a team. But it was worth it because the Irish riders were the best riders. Yeah, they are. So, so um, we had, so in 2013, we had Peter McCarthy and Jamie Reavy. 2014, we had Peter McCarthy and Philip Weldon. Um. So bring it to we will win friendlies most of the time, and then you get to inter-counties and then you've got Peter and Philip in there. So so, I mean, what a massive boost that is bringing that into your team. So yeah. so again, it was just like it was annoying, so annoying. I never had a team, but it was amazing because we just kept winning most of the time. Well, so you just had like really good connections, pulling in some like good riders every week. Yeah, I always wondered how Rob did it because he never seemed confident he would find anyone. He'd be like, I don't know what we're going to do next week or, you know, in a few weeks' time. And <laughs> then they're stressing. Yeah, you get an email midweek and it's like, guys, I've sorted it. I've got this person. And you don't even know who it was, but um, they turned out to be really good most of the time. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> but my, my big issue in 2014 was uh, at the end of 2013, I bought Whisper. So my most of my under-17 days were on Boise. Do you remember that little individuals we did at the start of the year? Yes, the chestnut you were on. Yeah, so I've had him 11 years now. So he was my under-17 pony. But in 2013, I also bought Whisper, who I, who I still got now. And she was very fast and quite difficult to ride. And the start of 2014, we invited Molly Line and Jenny Line to a training session because we live quite close. So we're at this training session and we're practicing stepping stones, probably the only race I don't like. And we were, we weren't we were too lazy to get someone to go to the top of the arena, so we were just vaulting up and then coming back. Sure. And I was doing that, and Whisper was turning to the side, and then I. And then my dad, we started to finish the race. We said, oh, we'll do another race. And then my dad says, no, Greg, do it properly with your pony going the right way. So he sent Molly to the top. And then I did the race. And obviously Whisper ran on because the pony was at the top. So yeah. she ran on but, and I jumped. And as I did that, she turned the other way a little bit. I went over the top, landed on my leg, landed on my foot. And my leg bent wrong. And I tore my ACL and multiple tendons. So my oh, knee was, my knee was in pieces. And I sat on the floor in the most pain I've ever experienced. And I was just like, I can't believe that's just happened. But I'm really good at like hiding pain. So everyone thought I was fine. And I was just like, just give me a few minutes. 
but my I put my foot on the floor and there was no support. There was nothing. It was like I didn't have a leg. Whoa. So sadly, the the start of my last season of under seventeens looked like there wasn't going to be no season. Yeah. So I worked really hard with um, a physio after my surgery. The same physio treated Elaine Trevor Jones fifteen okay. years prior. Wow. So she knew what games was. And my surgeon, my surgeon didn't want me going back to games, but my physio said I can. Five months after surgery, I was riding. And then less than six months, I did Welsh Champs and we won. And I did the whole competition without getting off because I didn't do any vaulting races and I didn't make a mistake. So, <laughs> so it was an amazing return to the arena. And then the next week was into counties and I made a couple of mistakes so I had to get off, but I just vaulted for my left leg. Wow. Um, and we won into counties. And then we went on to win six competitions and I got in the World Pairs final as well. Um, and then, um, so six out, I won six out of seven competitions in a season where I completely ruined my knee. No, so, no, which knee was that? Because I'm pretty sure you got, like, both your knees are strapped up. Yeah, you... it's my right knee. And then a few years later, I I sprain, I keep spraining my knees sometimes. Most recently, playing volleyball at the British Champs. <laughs> I, so people have seen me limping around a lot after that. Um, so I keep spraining them. I'm really worried, but they do all right. But um, so yeah, I just wear two knee supports because they're not going to hurt me, and I feel much more comfortable. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Because like um, I'm sure you'd have heard on the podcast, like Meg Ma on, our, on, our, on my team, she's also done her ACL and I think something else as well. Um, she did the one knee a while ago, and she's already had the operation, and that's like 100 percent now. She's strong on that on that knee. Um, but now she's damaged her other knee and she's also vaulting off the wrong leg now. So it is possible, but like, hope, I think she, she went for some swab test recently because uh, you have to make sure that she doesn't have whatever, I don't know, she has to be tested for germs or something before she goes for her operation. So she's quite hopeful that that'll be coming up soon, which is quite exciting for her. But hopefully it like, I'm hoping it all works out perfectly so that she can like finish the season get her operation done and then maybe go back home to South Africa on like holiday and recover and relax, you know? Yeah, there's a number of games riders that struggle or athletes in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful. Like if, if we go back to when I was complaining about that being disqualified from inter-counties, things like that. Well, the other side of it is I recovered from a serious knee injury in five, six months, which is like, good as possible so I'm, I'm grateful for that I mean I was 17 at the time so that helped um, yeah. so yeah it's just you know in one moment you can ruin yourself and it's like a nice reminder of that so the 2014 season is is good memories really because I I missed nearly the whole thing it felt like but I got just back in time to do all the big competitions at the end of the season so I'm, I'm so happy about that awesome Sick, I'm I'm keen to start getting onto the the more recent stuff about Shropshire South. 
all of that, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make you skip any of the interesting stories you've prepared. If you have any others, well, I was going to skip a bit the next few years because I went into open, and I no longer, no longer had Rob to find me teammates each week. Okay, so this was more the start of not doing well for about five years. Okay, um, you can chat about that. Just a bit. Yeah, I won't go into it too much, but basically ended up in different teams. Well, when I had my I, my original idea was have my team and I just need to find, they don't need to be big names, but just decent riders and we can work together. Yeah. And I just have like a nice team that are friends, like your team that want, you know, that are all on the same page. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and then that went com- completely out the window from straight away, just people leaving and you know ponies going lame and there was never any positivity so there was nothing good that came from it really I made the reserve for the England team I was in the Royal Welsh team so there were good moments in 2015 when I was 18 Um, but yeah I, I couldn't find teammates I couldn't find a team and that continued for the next like five years so I'm 24 now, but the way I think of it is I'm 19 because yeah. those five years don't count. <laughs> okay, so how did you end up riding with with the lads from Shropshire South? How did this all come about? So some people call me negative, but I I remained positive for five years, really trying my best to get a team. And... Although I say I tried my best, but I, I suppose I didn't really approach anyone. I didn't say, hey, Rory, get me in Berkshire. I didn't say any of that. But I started to feel like no one knew who I was. Okay. But when I did well in individuals and stuff, people said, well done. And I started to think, okay, well done, but can I ride in your team? But I never asked. And I suppose yeah. I've learned that if you don't ask, then you don't get anything. Um. Although with getting in Shropshire South, I didn't ask. So that does, that goes against that. <laughs> but, but what I did do, I I watch a lot of games like on YouTube and stuff. And I, I noticed the German competition seemed good. So I asked a few random German and Danish people. Because um, I know like you, you've come over to a different country, haven't you? There's loads of people in Britain that, have come over from other countries and I didn't know how I would do that but I but uh Nicole Rosso from uh Italy I was talking to her and she said to me you you can talk to me about it but if you don't actually ask anyone if you don't try and do anything nothing's going to happen it's just going to be the same old every year so I asked a few people about riding in Germany and I got offers of teams quite easily. Like the, the reigning German champions at the time asked me to join them. Oh, wow. So I got team offers, but there wasn't really much opportunity to like go there and stay. And I'm not sure I'm someone that's going to be good at d- sorting that sort of thing out. But okay. the point is, at least I was trying. Yeah. And then Harry Willis asked me to go do European pairs at Le Bond. Um, so we're going to go there but why did he choose you 
Um, I've heard of that. I spoke to his mum at Europeans. We'll have to talk about Europeans 2019 as well in a minute. <laughs> but um, I was there and his mum asked me. Um, I guess they were asking around and they asked me. So I was going to do that, but we couldn't go in the end. And But if I could have gone, I was going to ask people there about like riding in Germany or whatever. Sure. But but that didn't happen. Um, so I was pretty, I was at a, a low point really. And then I just got a message from George saying, um, that random chubby guy that you met back when you were, yeah, the guy who we introduced to games. So it's a bit of a fairy tale. <laughs> um, so he just said, do you want to join shop yourself? And I was just like, yeah, problem solved five years wasted. But, um, now I've got a good team. Oh, so I was, I was I was really excited. And then, of course, m- my mum says to me, are you looking forward to it? I was like, of course I am. This is what I've waited for. But I bet something will ruin it. Typical me, you know, being a, all right, being a bit negative. And then what happened at the start of 2020 to everybody in the world? Good old coronavirus. Yeah. So <laughs> you can you can blame me for COVID if you want, because... Because you found a nice team to ride for. Yeah. The, the game's God obviously didn't want me to do well. Yeah. It was like, when we had the boys on, like they were... They spoke really highly of you. I guess the only person that uh, had a had a good go at you, I'm sure it was with love, was good old George Betts. But like now that you say this, it, it all could, kind of ties up perfectly. Like he's, you guys are basically like brothers as far as games goes. You've gone back to the beginning of time. Yeah, we we were tiny little kids riding these little ponies together. Um, my mum used to like notice people and sit. At like pony club stuff and she said do you want to come do games so that's how he started and then yeah. I mean it took him long enough but all the, all these years went by and then I, I didn't ride with him all them years um, and then and now I am now finally yeah and you guys are seeing some crazy good success which is cool yeah thankfully it's legal to do competitions so yeah I'm just really jo- enjoying them at the moment what can you tell me about Shops Yourself now that we're talking about them? <laughs> yeah, they, they're just um, they're good friends and really good riders. I've, you know, I've watched them all for years. I've watched them riding together. Wanted to be there with them. And finally, they gave me that chance. So I really appreciate it. They're really welcoming. And we have good fun. And we've got some wins. And I hope, hope we can get some more. <laughs> I must say, like when the in the beginning, or like at least when I first came over here, I guess I was in a similar situation to you, where like you don't really know anyone, and like I didn't have the confidence just to go up and start randomly, I don't know, making just randomly talking to these big names that like you see it on world's teams and things. For us, that was like the the big stage, like we all the top riders were, and then like sort of came over here to ride, and then I guess. It's like quite uh, daunting, but then I think like Rory was the first person to like really like take us in under his wing. Like Royal Berkshire have been re- really, re- really good to us. Uh, so we're like, really grateful and appreciative about that. Like their family's done so much for us, really. Um, and then I always like saw Mitch and sort of those guys, well, the Shropshire South boys, as like like the jocks, you know, because like they're quite, they're like always out, like very loud. Having having a great time, 
Um, but like such fat hearts, those guys. Like they, they're such, they're such, good, such good lads. I, I'm obviously friends with them now, and I'm just like loving it. It's so cool to meet up with them on the weekends. Is always, always good banter. Yeah, they're great. They're, they just, they, they're positive. You know, they come to have a good weekend and, and do their best. And that's what I, I was waiting for for, well, five years of open, and then. Um, I explained about never having the same team each week. Yeah. So to ride with the same team every week is what how it should be, isn't it? Like, all right, maybe not every week. Sometimes someone can't make it, but I don't know why people bother if, if you know, they're riding for a different team all the time. Yeah, and this is not your choice, like you say, <laughs> your situation. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I'm just delighted they finally chose me. And I never asked them, which I probably should have done. But I guess the advantage you had when you came over is you were the new guy around. But I had been around all these years, so everyone knew who I was. So I felt like I was in more like a hole, like no, no people didn't want to ride with me, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's so, why I start now kind of thing. Yeah, because if you're the new guy, you don't know whether they want to ride with you or talk to you or whatever. But if you've been yeah. around all these years, then you just, it was like, getting in a hole deeper and deeper. When when we did Europeans 2019, I started out as second reserve, but I ended up in the team. And then that was the first time I'd ridden with like a great team for, for years. And that was like, the reason that team was so good was positivity. Yeah. And everyone was like so great. Like Pete Walt was the trainer. Um, Shout out to Peter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of good trainers. I explained why Rob was good. Yeah. But that week, Pete had to deal with so much because, well, even before the week, because we had somebody drop out, which put me as reserve. And then after the training session, Sadie sadly couldn't ride. And I was doing the individuals as well. I, w I had qualified for the semis. Yeah. And then during the opening ceremony, Pete said to me, you're riding now. <laughs> and he, he let me carry on with the individuals so I was doing the individuals on Whisper and the teams on Jack and even that decision there don't get me wrong it was all about the team winning for me but I didn't want to pull out the individuals because I'd made the semi-finals yeah but by Pete saying like carry on with your individuals enjoy yourself it's just more positivity isn't it so what it's all about so uh, so Carry Would you on. say your perspective has changed then? So like the way you were saying like, oh, sort of felt like you were in the sport for so long and like now, like no one's going to want to ride with you now. So that sounded rather negative. But like, would would you say your perspective's changed since? Like, so like you were saying like maybe now if, you, if you'd if you only asked. Yeah, I, I should have got in there more and, but I guess I just didn't really know where to start. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know who to speak to, what to do. And I was trying to be careful. I didn't want to get in with a team that wasn't very good or mm. weren't that nice or whatever. But I think when when I was in that England team in 2019, we had to switch all the orders up because I replaced Sadie because she had to drop out. And I can remember um, Rory was last in sock. And he he said, no, I think Greg should go last in sock. And I know that's only a small thing, but when he said that, I was like, 
wait, this this guy's actually watched me. He actually knows me as a rider. Do, do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, I was riding a team full of A final riders, but because I didn't have the team myself, I didn't feel like I was one of them. Even though I I believed in my own ability, it just felt like I was sort of like the new guy. Even though I I never had any intentions to be that way. I want to be in every England team and do really well, but because they were the ones in the good teams. I almost felt surprised that they'd watched me and they knew me, even though I knew that they did. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Hectic. So you've just been like the the silent assassin. I don't know, like the you've just been the the dark horse. And now they now they've given you a little a stage to show your abilities in the teams and it's all just coming right. Yeah, finally. I mean, I guess life doesn't go quite how you uh, draw it out, does it? Um, I was listening to Ben Hopkins podcast and just thinking I wish this was me talking when he's saying I won because he went through the years going I won this and this and then he got confused with the dates like oh was it was that the year I won this this and this or was it when I won this Um, but I don't know I mean I I beat him last weekend great win and so yeah it's just you just you can't go you can't go back in time can you so I wish things were different, but at the same time, my knees are still holding out and I've got good ponies and I've got a great team. So so it's going all right at the moment. So in 10 years' time, you'll be talking back talking back about all those wins. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. I'll do my best anyway. I think everyone knows that. I'll do my best. Yeah, no one, no one goes out there and doesn't give it their all. Like, unless you're like nervous or scared, I don't know, like, I guess juniors and things like might go out there, but they'd be maybe scared of their pony or something. I don't know. But like, even then, like no one's going out there to make a mistake. Like, everyone wants to be the best. No, like, no one does our sports to be mediocre. No one just wants yeah. to go. But I would add to that and say, there's a difference between wanting to do well and really wanting to do well. And I think that's the main thing that separates the, the good from the great. I mean, obviously I, I was um, obviously on, listening to Frodo before in his podcast and obviously he's a rider who really really wants to do well yeah um, but I have had riders question me before why do I care so much um, but I mean I I don't I'm not sure if I care I don't go home crying if I don't win I just go out there and try my best yeah and uh, I get what you mean you don't win you go home train harder better result next time or at least try <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What do you do as far as uh, like analytics go? Like we saw Ben had his Excel spreadsheets, Frodo's got his, um, we know you, Mr. Statistics. Yeah, I... Do you care about that? I don't have any times, any spreadsheets. Perhaps that's because um, I haven't been winning the individuals on my slow pony. (laughs) I mean, you (laughs) Um, said it on me this time. (laughs) Um, maybe I might do that in the future but I've, I never had that idea it's only from hearing on the podcast but what I do is watch videos I used to watch my own videos over loads I don't I only watch them over once or twice and then obviously you sort of look back at back in the day an old video or something every now and then but the world individual finals on YouTube I've watched over countless times um, my most watched video probably um the 2015 European individual final. 
because Simon McKeever was riding My Pony Jack a year before I bought him. So I must have watched that video a hundred times. <laughs> and it was a great final as well. Um, but that's just an example. I've watched all the world individual finals. Uh, another favourite of mine, World Teams 2014. Um, I just, yeah, I watch the videos a lot. And then, like, yeah, on the podcast, the guys have said, like, I remember dates really well and, and things like that. Yeah. That's not because I have a spreadsheet <laughs> and I revise it. It's just because I remember it. Like, yeah. I, was, I was able to tell you all the teams I rode for each season without thinking about it, just because it's what I've done. I, I remember it. I don't, I don't have any record of anything. Well, I don't have photos and videos. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I, I don't, I haven't looked at times, things like that, although maybe I will, um, but <laughs> definitely watch videos. Well, in been... fact, the last, the last few world individual finals and stuff haven't been on YouTube and I've, I've searched everywhere for them. So, um, yeah, I always want it to be on YouTube and then it's good to watch over. Yeah. Well, like Fredo was saying that there's been, like he has no times for any of the, like, the last two years. And like now everyone's going to be on different ponies. Like everyone would have trained over these two years. Like no one's going to be, like there's no, nothing's going to help you now. Like you, there's no information you have on anyone. Yeah. It's it might make cool. it more exciting. Yeah. I think so. And uh, yeah. I mean like, and how much does that actually play? like a role does that even play a role at all like he's like i think frodo uses it for training just to see if his pony is up to speed or not but like at the end of the day you just got to go there and do the race faster than the, everyone else do your best race yeah for me that hasn't been a thing but maybe it should be i mean obviously frodo being a multiple world individual winner obviously it's not putting him off mm. but i also think he's a completely different rider to me just just habits he has in the arenas, things I've noticed, like watching the other, I remember him winning, Europe, I think it was the European individuals win on Rocket. And he was watching Lucas Kotiak going up the arena. I noticed his head turn and I, I don't do that sort of thing. Okay. But also me in my head, I probably overthink a bit. Um, maybe in the knockout individuals last weekend, I had a really poor attempt to put in my litter when I was trying to beat Sadie. And I think I did, I'm usually good at not doing this, but I think I made the mistake of thinking about her, not my litter, because I hit the rim of the bucket. It didn't go in. Mm. So I like to think I don't do that sort of thing, but there's an example of, of me, my brain working too much, where, yeah. whether I should have just been focused on me. So I'm disappointed with myself for that. Yeah, um, but I think well, Frodo seems to think a lot in the arena and really do everything. Whereas I'm a bit more boring, if you like. Okay, well, that's interesting. And then, so that's like sort of your analytics side of things. Uh, like, how do you ride? How do you train your ponies? What like what are, what are your thoughts on training ponies? How do you bring um, that into the arena? So I do find it hard to practice at home because I don't have an arena. Sometimes George comes over for a practice, but um, I'm on my own all the time, really. Um, 
and you know setting out the equipment is difficult but uh, i tend to just do two three maybe four races at a time yeah um and more years ago we used to just do each race but now i realize it's better to actually do each race over and over and then what i do is i do it normally i do it steadily i do it flat out like faster than you'd ever go um and I invent scenarios in my head, like, you know, I have to win this race. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, sadly, I don't practice as much as I want to because of time. Obviously, I've got a job. Um, yeah. I, I've got to look after my ponies, which takes time. Um, and, you know, it's just not realistic, is it? Um, and I see like videos like Colin Verdohan doing mug shuffle training with the poles that fall over easy. Yeah. So he's doing that all the time. Whereas I've just got grass, hard ground or wet ground, depending on what season it is. And then I go to Le Bond or something against Colin and he, he's been doing that all, all year long. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas I don't get anything like that until I'm in the arena. So it is difficult, but at the same time, I have practiced a lot over the years. I, I do lots of competitions. In over here, I must be like the the most I must have the most mileage in the, <laughs> at competitions. I'd need to look after myself a bit because I keep getting injuries, like small ones. Um, but yeah, the competition is the real practice. And we ride on sand a lot now, which will help us catch up with the French. Um, yeah, for sure. because there was a time because back in the day we had grass arenas big square poles and big mugs mm. so compare that to Le Bond or something it it gives us a an, like a massive disadvantage but yeah. we're catching up now with the, like the struck poles how easily do they go over and then in the semi-finals of struck individuals nobody hit a pole over Crazy, so hey! I got I got two points. I nearly hit the top pole over. I flicked it back up. So it was a tight turn. I got two points. So times are changing over here now. We're we're getting more like the French, I think. Yo, look forward to seeing seeing what happens when this all gets back together and things open up again. Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm just grateful that I've got a good team to ride with, but I do miss the the world pairs and all that. Yeah. Do you have any any like big goals for I guess the rest of this year or following? Do you intend on winning world individuals? Are you going to go to world individuals? Yeah, I'm going to world individuals. That the big one this year is winning intercounties, but I want to win everything. Um. So, so obviously Jack, I'm riding most of the time now, but I want to win stuff on my two chestnut ponies as well. Um. And then future, I'll hopefully get a pony a bit like, you know, the, the big 14-2s, the big, well, I've got to get the right one. That's the hard thing. And I don't have 30 grand to spend. So I might have to train my own. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the distant goal, like winning world individuals. Um, but not just that, all, all the big world titles I want to win more Europeans and then of course 
Frodo mentioned on his podcast, the main thing shouldn't be riding for England. The main thing should be riding in your country. And I totally agree with that. So I'm talking about winning world titles now, but firstly comes the small competitions, like the end of season and the friendlies. Then comes spring champs and then into counties. So I'm sort of working my way up. I want to win the easy ones and I want to win the big ones and I want to win the giant ones. Yeah, for sure. Yo, well, that's good. Well, you guys are going to struggle because we're going to have Royal Berkshire and Zanzi like taking all the trophies next year. <laughs> well, you stick together, don't you? And that's the key to a good team. Yeah, it'll be our second year next year. Well, I guess it'll be our third. Our first year was the write-off. This is like our first proper year. But you, you just from watching on, you look like a team, not like the classic British team, which isn't a team and different people each week. You really yeah. do look like a team. So I think you're one to watch out for. Oh, thanks. Like, to be honest, we're like, we're all good friends. Like I think like Holly's coming down to London with me this weekend. We're going to see my brother. Um, go have a little couple of drinks <laughs> um, and then like we at Mason's house all the time for dinner and that sort of thing and we're always getting together and like after competitions we often watch the races like well we often just at Mason's house for dinner so they'll chuck the races up on TV we'll watch them over Follow always looks cool because he does like he makes me look like I'm a pro. He does like cool little rear things before I put flags in and that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, like, I don't know if you ever experienced that sort of thing from like a pony of, I don't know, active legs. Um, I think Chloe Woodley's pony does much the same. And so does Larry, Larry's pony or so does like the, has a massive leg, leg movement. Like you go to put like a flag in or I guess maybe a, like a coit put on and like hoopla. And he probably does like a massive jump, like the stride before. And I think it actually kind of helps because I don't know. It's, it's just like a nice big stride and then you land and you put it yeah. in and you look cool. It's a win-win in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe Woodley's pony, Joey's a good shout because I used to ride with him when Molly Line had him and okay. his leaps sort of help him break. And it, it's one of the reasons he's such a great pony. So I've not really had one like that myself. I've had rears and leaps. I've had bouncy ponies, but not quite the same thing with the legs. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you have anything else to talk about, but I'm going to make a statement and tell everyone that is listening by this point, we've probably lost a lot of people because it's been quite a long one, which has been fantastic. It doesn't even have to end soon. We can crack on for another two hours for all I care. Um, but exciting times merchandise uh, Tom's working on a website now for well like a little online store sell some Pony Games podcast merch um, and I think our colours are quite exciting and we're going to we'll, I, I, I doubt we'll bring on too many things at the same time but we we have some exciting things planned for sure hopefully get some like riding leggings done uh, maybe some some caps, although caps are like quite common, but we can maybe do some like sports bras and I don't know who wouldn't want a Pony Games podcast sports bra. Like, no better way to uh, represent the merch. 
I'll, I'll be sure to buy some in. Maybe not those, though. Oh, I think you'd look good in a sports bra. <laughs> Maybe Thank Speedos. You. Speedos for the lads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be good. Anyway, that was just an announcement that had to be made. Would be cool once that's all up and running. Maybe sponsor some competitions. Doing all right, aren't you? Oh, not, we're not making any money at the podcast, but I reckon as long as everyone's enjoying it, that's all that matters. That's what I mean. The, the fun is the important bit, not the money. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And then, like Rory was mentioning just now about like the uh, coronavirus and stuff at this last weekend. Did you get contacted by Track and Trace or whatever it was called? Uh, I haven't had a notification. Yeah, nor have I. Oh, well. Also, like, I, I think it was like Ella Clark, I believe someone called Millie, and I don't remember who the other one was um, that tested positive. But, like, I don't think I spent much time with any of those people. So, should be okay. We'll see. Okay. I had a test today, uh, like one of those quick, rapid tests, and that was negative. So, that's good. But I got a couple more, so I'll keep going, see what happens. Greg, I keep losing you. Oh, that's all right, bro. Do you have anything else for us in your on your on your list there? Um, Otherwise, I think we've covered quite a bit. Only last thing to say, I made a note to um, shout Detour off as well. Another great trainer I had. I was meant to mention her in 2011. Okay, because I I was going to go through all the trainers that. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned like the Richards, obviously Rob Taylor, Elaine Trevor Jones. There's another name as well. So um, you asked me how I became a good, consistent rider, but most of it's down. Well, it's half down to me putting in the effort and half down to the trainers. So if any young rider out there wants to become a good rider, get a good trainer and listen to them and put in the effort. Fantastic. And on that bombshell, mate, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. That was brilliant. What thanks, a great... for, thanks for asking me about 10 times to come on. <laughs> it was hard work. Sorry for being reluctant, but um, I've enjoyed it anyway. So it's been good. <laughs>